0: as hell and I want to get ill. So I go to a place where my homeboys chill. Bella's out there trying to make that dollar. I pulled up
1: in the and
2: All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Board as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot.
1: And I am Andy Wilson, a.k.a. Citizen Bot, also Big Shiny Robot.
2: And welcome to our final year-end wrap-up episode where we're going to talk about our favorite films of 2015 uh, and this is also our first episode of the new year, so uh, yeah. it should be a lot of fun. You know, Last week we got to sit around and complain about the bad movies. I know we're both really excited to discuss our favorite films of the year. And we actually have a pretty – the two of us have a different, um, different list, which I was kind of surprised about. Uh, we did promise you last time about our Star Wars deep dive spoiler episode. Uh, we're still going to do that. We just wanted to have some really close friends – Uh, like Brooke, who reviewed it with us. Um, Our friend Brooks also wanted to hop on, and it just didn't work out tonight. So we're going to go ahead and save that for a special episode of Just Star Wars um, that we will be bringing to you shortly. So this week we're just going to focus on, again, the best of the best. Uh, Andy, what was your uh, number five film for this year?
1: Sure, Uh, and before before I get into that, a really quick plug – I I did an entire top forty and bottom ten list that's up at Big Shiny Robot, uh, and that includes film, TV. Uh, so we're only covering a tiny little bit of that. Um, and essentially, the, it's it's great that you and I have such different lists Adam, mm-hmm. But I think most of your top five also ended up in my top ten. So that's I mean, good. This isn't like we totally disagree on a lot of things. It's it's a difference by degrees, and I've never seen a year where, for my top three at least, the difference has been so incredibly close. I think they're almost interchangeable. My number five uh, to start off is Trumbo, uh, which uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is... This is the story of the Hollywood blacklist, the Hollywood Ten, Jumbo mm-hmm. Shumbo, the screenwriter who was uh, who was blacklisted because he was a communist and uh, refused to cooperate with the um, with Congress investigating the communists, and uh, went to jail, came out, kept writing under an assumed name. Uh, it's funny you're gonna. I mean, when the Academy Award nominations come out everybody's going to get nominated in this. Uh, it's it's funny. It's, it's really enlightening about what was going on then and I think speaks a lot to we are in a similar state of hysteria in America this year and I, I hope that we can look back on that and be like, wow, that red scare. Um, maybe we shouldn't have overreacted so much and maybe we can look at all of the things around us uh, and all of the made up things that people are trying to scare us with and be like, maybe we don't need to be so scared about that. So Trumbo number five.
2: Yeah. And it's, it, that's actually one of the few movies I didn't get to see that I am just absolutely dying to finally get out there and um, take a look at. But yeah, it's kind of funny. You mentioned the, we look back on like the red scare of the fifties and how overhyped and how over it's over sensationalized it was uh, it's kind of like there's that meme I'm sure we've all seen where you see a bunch of people you know protesting, you know black people being able to shop at the same restaurants or drink from the same water fountains or <laughs> marry a white person, and the meme says, you know how, you know imagine how stupid they feel now, how stupid are we going to feel forty years from now when we're thinking about the things that we overreacted to that in the long run was just us being xenophobic and and, and racist and afraid yeah.
1: absolutely. So,
2: Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Trumbo, you know, we you liked it a lot. I really want to see it. Uh, my number five is Ex Machina, uh, which is, you know, and this was a really great year for sci-fi. I think uh, we each have a couple sci-fi movies on our top five. Um, Ex Machina, though, it came out of nowhere. I mean, I'd never even heard about it. In fact, this is before I got my press credentials and I was invited as a guest to go see this with our, our good friend Brooks. And this movie astounded me. Like, when Whenever you walk out of a screening, they always ask the critics and everyone, they you know, "Hey, what'd you think? You know, was it good? Was it bad?" This was the one movie that I walked out and I didn't know what to say um, because not only is it exceptionally written, um, it's very well acted. It's it's an incredibly, insanely, almost perfect movie. In fact, as I've watched it since um, I first saw it, I've, I've liked it even more and more. Um, it's one of the most harrowing films you know we've seen because this. Very much could be um, our future, as far as with uh, artificial intelligence and kind of the blurring of lines between machine and man. And as much fun as Terminator had with it, uh, this is realistic. Uh, like I said, fantastic performances. Uh, Alicia Vikander, she is kind of a, she's definitely going to be up for best supporting actress. Uh, she's going to have some stiff competition, which I'll talk about later. Uh, but Ex Machina, it's one of the most very subdued, subtle, and Horrifying sci-fi movies I've ever seen.
1: Yeah i I went into this because I was like, "Oh, well, Oscar Isaac and Domhnall Gleeson are both going to be in Star Wars, so they are in another sci-fi movie." And and Domhnall Gleeson had been in a thematically similar episode of a show called Black Mirror, which mm-hmm. that that show's just crazy. Go watch it. But yeah. anyway, and so I was really interested in this and anything that has to do with robots I'm always there and this whole idea of the ethics of what we're doing and the ethics of how we will treat artificial intelligences once we create them and then how they're going to turn around and treat us I mean that is and and if they are self-aware and what does that self-awareness mean I just loved it and it this movie has made me think for almost an entire year and it was I was incredibly entertained.
2: Yeah, and it, it brought up really good questions like if, you know, if, if artificial intelligence does advance to the point where it can pass the Turing test, which the Turing test is, can a person be interacting with an artificial intelligence and figure out whether or not it's a real person uh, at that point in time, you know, even though it's a machine should just be afforded rights. Uh, You know, what should, you know, this and that. It's again, it's very, very deep, extremely well done. um, And like I said, it's, it's one of the
1: best of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andy, where'd you end up with number four? So my number four is thematically similar to my number five and it's Bridge of Spies. Um, Also a cold war uh, movie about um, us overreacting to to things. So I, I'll cop to this. I love the Cold War. I I think it's not only a very interesting uh, time period in and of itself, just the entire idea of it is really cool. That you have two giant superpowers that aren't actually fighting one another. In all-out warfare, there's all of these tiny little conflicts. And in this case, we get um, Tom Hanks thrown into it, who's an insurance lawyer and suddenly he's being asked to defend an accused spy. Uh, I I loved this. I thought Spielberg did a great job directing it. And uh, even more so this, this script, which was co-written by the Coen brothers. Oh
2: my God. The script is absolutely one of the best of the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's really punchy. It's funny at times, uh, but the real star of all of this is Mark Roy Lance as the accused spy, you really feel for him. And, uh, you know, that's not something that you would expect. It's like, he's a, he's a dirty commie and he's, he's <laughs> fighting for the Soviets on, on America. But the, the point of all of this is he's just doing a job. He's just a guy doing a job. And, um, so how do we deal with this? How do we react to this? And, uh, and, and get out of this mess uh, very very taut. uh a lot of great tension and the movie takes us places that i certainly never expected us to go uh and that final crawl where they uh tell you uh, that this was the first of hundreds or thousands of cases uh that this lawyer was involved in and it just blew my mind um, Absolutely love this film. Uh, this was one of four movies I gave a perfect ten to, and I I completely stand by that. It's it's just that good.
2: Yeah, and um, you pretty much hit all the same points I had. Uh, it was really funny because the moment you said it was very taut and full of tension, that was literally the words running through my head when I was trying to think of how to <laughs> how to sum it up. Um, I, it's yeah, it was. There's a lot of movies out there that you go sit and watch and you know, like this, for instance, bridge of spies is almost two and a half hours long. Um, wow. It doesn't feel like it though. I mean, it races by the, um, it's yeah, there's, there's not an ounce of fat on this thing. It's every scene has to be there. It, it brings the story forward more or makes you understand the characters better. Uh, you know, Tom Hanks is great to see him back at the top of his game. I mean, even though it's been a while since he's done a, a Da Vinci code, it still kind of sticks with him. I think,
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
2: yeah, Spielberg back, doing what he does best. Um, little cool touches like when Tom Hanks is walking through East Berlin and gets stopped and kind of accosted by some East Berlin kids who are going to steal his jacket. Um, I love the fact that when they're talking to him and trying to say, okay, hey, you know, give us your jacket, they didn't bother to subtitle it. So you're in the same position as Tom Hanks where you don't understand what the hell they're saying. You're trying to guess off their pantomimes. Like, are they going to rob him? Or are they going to kill him? Um, yeah, and, and for all to, to be somewhat based on a true story, uh, absolutely fantastic. So definitely one of my favorite of the year. Uh, it didn't reach my top five, but it's easily in my top 10. Yeah. So my number four, and this was difficult to put this far down the list. Um, so don't hate me for it. Uh, Cause again, it's still pretty high up there. Uh, I went with star Wars force awakens. Um, and the reason being is, isn't that it's a bad movie by any means. I mean, again, this is our best of the best. Um, I absolutely love this film. I went in and I walked out feeling like a kid again. Uh, and we've been talking about it and gushing about it ever since we saw it. Uh, so it's absolutely fantastic. It's definitely needs to be part of the star Wars universe. It definitely expands upon that and makes it better. Uh, it, I, I love it. I, I've gone and seen this, you know, a couple times. I have bought books. I'm actually reading the novelization right now. Uh, I've gotten my hands on all the stuff leading up to it, the stuff coming after it. Uh, I'm 100% fully submerged back in the Star Wars universe. And it's thanks to all the wonderful work that J.J. Abrams and crew did because it's fantastic. I've. I don't like. Even though there may be movies that I'm going to say are better films, I don't know if I've enjoyed myself more at the movies this year aside from uh, Star Wars.
1: Yeah. That's what it comes down to for me is how much enjoyment I got out of this movie. And I, I thought that the technical prowess that abrams and everyone else involved in this show is absolutely fantastic uh the fact that people are making a lot out of the practical effects that were done here but there's a lot of cg in this movie there's a lot of cg like (laughs) watch all of those digital artists who who show up on there um it's really seamless though. And he knows where to make it practical and where to make it computer generated and where he can get away with what, um, there are a lot of places where I had a hard time telling. And, um, I think that someone like Maz Kanata and Lupita Nyong'o's characterizations there, uh, really take it to the next level that, I mean, she was, she was a real person as far as I was concerned. And there are very few other CG characters where I've been that immersed in, uh, in them. Uh, I, I, I mean, I could, I could talk about star Wars all day and still have more to say. And that's why we're going to go on and talk about it. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, this is, this is one of the ones uh, I did give a perfect
2: 10 to, I know you did as well. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Ghost, I mean, it's, it's killing everything. I'm mean, at this time. It just overtook Titanic as number two domestically. Uh, avatar should take out in about probably about by the time this gets on the internet, it will probably hit that. So in three weeks, it's done amazingly well. I know all of us have seen it a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I, I can't wait to go see it again. Uh, and I said, it's easily the most fun I've had the theater this year.
1: Absolutely. Uh, uh so it, Andy, number three, where are we at? My my number three was uh, Ex Machina, which, which we just got done talking about, which was not, I mean, it's a different kind of fun. And uh, the only reason that I have this higher uh, than Bridge of Spies was because I felt that this was very forward thinking. This is going to be one of those movies that we're going to look back on four, five, 10, 15 years from now and be like, that was really prophetic. That was really profound. They, they captured a specific moment in time and hopefully we will deal with those moral and ethical quandaries by that time, (laughs) by that time that we actually create an artificial intelligence and have, you know, gotten our collective crap together as humanity to be able to be moral about it uh i mean i i hate to say this um but i almost hope that it takes us several hundred more years uh and that it's more like a star trek situation where we're already like vastly uh evolved from where we are right now because i i think if we created artificial intelligence right now we would really abuse it and uh, that and we see what the effects are um, of that and if you create something and then damage it like that it's going to be a damaged thing and you are going to reap the whirlwind um, which I think is a lot of uh, what what this movie had to say about it um, so let's figure out the ethics of sex with robots really quick <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they have to sign a waiver.
2: Sign <laughs> <laughs> um, you your form, bro. You get your form, bro. You your form, bro. <laughs> oh, wrong form, bro. You can get a bro. you can get a form for that one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> South,
1: Park, South Park on my uh, top forty list for the PC
0: it for life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and actually, yeah, we do need to be careful with AI because uh, a couple years ago
2: they invented a very very minor form of AI, it was and by nowadays standard, it's, it's already wiped off. I mean, your PlayStation 4 is probably more powerful than this thing was. But they were asking questions, and eventually the question they asked is like, well, you know, what do you think we should do with all the people? And it thought for a second and said, I think we should put them all in a people zoo. So that was AI about seven years ago. So let's, let's be careful going forward, because Moore's Law is pretty specific that this breakthrough is probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. So it would behoove us to to be wise and not do this this typical human thing that we tend to do with new technology and think that we own it uh, when it could very quite possibly be smarter, faster, and better than us.
1: Yeah. So we let's let's get our collective crap together, humanity. <laughs> on? Let's talk about it. All right. <laughs> uh, so my
2: number three is Inside Out uh, by by Pixar. Uh, which we, we talked about and also the basic storyline is that it takes place in a little girl's head and it has all of emotions joy, sadness, anger, disgust. Uh, and it, it just, it's telling the story of why people act a certain way when you know bad things happen or as people, people grow up, like how your perspective changes. Uh, and for me, this was Pixar at its best. I mean, we, we've had some, we've had some good Pixar movies. We've had some okay ones. Uh but this really takes them back to form and really sets the bar for what the best of animation can do. In fact, when we went and saw The Good Dinosaur, uh, you know, I actually scored it a bit lower than I probably would have had Inside Out not come out this year, because again, it's they've they've set the standards so high that even though The Good Dinosaur was a good movie, it just paled in comparison to to I mean, the brilliance of of Inside Out. Uh, I mean, we've got, I have friends who are, like, teachers and child psychologists who are, like, this fully and accurately depicts what young people go through as they age, go through turmoil, go through, like, life changes, like moving from Minnesota to San Francisco. Um, so it deals with all that heavy, heavy uh, subject matter while at the same time being absolutely joyful and fun. And, of course, there's some really fun jokes that are over the heads of the kids, the adults all got. Uh, for me, this, I mean... I, I, ugh, I hesitate to say it's my favorite Pixar movie because there's so many just amazing ones out there. Um, and, I mean, my, my personal favorite is WALL-E. So I, I can't say that it's better than WALL-E, but I can't say that it's worse than WALL-E. I that's, you know what I'm saying. But for me, it's one of the best movies uh, they've ever done. Uh, I bought it the day it came out. I absolutely love it. And uh, this definitely needs to be up there. Um, not only should it win Best Animated Picture... I'll be very, very surprised if this doesn't stand up and take a good race for just Best Picture overall this year.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. This should be nominated for Best Picture, especially especially if the Academy continues to do that expanded slate of movies where mm-hmm. they'll include like 10. Um, it, if this isn't in your top 10 for the year, I don't know what is wrong with you. I would like to do an Ex Machina style Turing test on you. <laughs> you are not a robot. Inside Out was absolutely amazing. And to, going back to what you said about uh, comparing it to the good dinosaur, um, what what I came up with is the good dinosaur is to Inside Out what Jurassic World is to Ex Machina. <clears throat> It's like, yes, it's very entertaining and it's very good. It's very well done, but it's not. It doesn't have the thinks. It doesn't have the feels. And, you know, this was... Um, this is guaranteed to make me cry every time we watch it with Bing Bong.
2: Oh, yeah, Bing Bong. That We're not going to say what happens. I mean, I'm sure you can probably guess. But, yeah, that last... That well, you couldn't guess how it happened, but that, that scene just absolutely just destroyed me because it was and and uh I, I can't go into detail but the way they kind of describe how the mind works and how memories work uh it's 100 percent true yeah. you know, the, the way those kind of things happen is like thou will just say things slip away
1: yeah and you know i'm i'm so sad that this is not in my top five but it's just because this was such an amazing year uh, but Inside Out is all sorts of amazing. I I couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah. So, shoe in for uh, for Best Animated Picture. If you're coming up and doing your Oscar ballots, uh, I would I would be I would be more than shocked if that didn't win. And it'll definitely be a, a tough frontrunner for for Best Picture. But uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I can't say enough good things about it.
1: Now, here's a question: Could if you are nominated for Best Picture, do you, can you also be nominated for Best Animated Picture? Or is it... I thought they, like, kind of segmented it off and you could have one, but um, not. I think Toy Story 3 did both, didn't it? Did it? Uh, I can't remember. I will
2: look separately fast
1: while you uh, talk
2: to us about your second favorite movie of the year.
1: Yeah, the, Cause the only, the only other thing that I'd say is that the only other animated film that even comes close to the brilliance of inside out is Sean the sheep, which I just absolutely loved. I, so, um, yeah, that, that could maybe give it a run for best animated, but, uh, but not really. Uh, my number two is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, this film this was not something that i expected to be as gripping as it was um and then i walked into that theater and furiosa grabbed me by the throat and didn't let me go until the end of that film Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: just phenomenal i don't know how they made this movie but it feels like literally nothing else that I have ever ever experienced. Um the characters are so uh well done and uh especially I mean, they could have taken uh the character of Nux um and done nothing with him.
2: Oh yeah. No, he he could've just been some side and, and that's not what you thought he was when you first see him, like, oh he's just gonna sit there and you know, blah 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 and then he just evolved and became this one of the most dynamic characters I've seen in a film in, in a long time.
1: Yeah it, it, and and he he had the best story arc of anyone. It's like everybody, everybody changed a little bit like Max got a little bit less crazy and decided to help other people Furiosa decided to stop running away and looking for you know some other place and go back and try and fix her own problems but nuff he, he he really changed and um he had a great arc brilliantly acted by all of the actors in here and uh, again you know blending the practical and uh and the cg i mean but this was This was way more, you know, ninety, ninety nine percent practical. Like, oh yeah, those cars. That was all there. Them doing those, uh, doing those flips and stunts and whatever. That those were people. Those were swinging on and off that war rig all the time, Uh, and it's just absolutely amazing. And um, I also loved. Underneath it, uh, there there's this great undertone about um, ecological consciousness and um, and taking care of one another and uh, all of these other social issues. That you're like, man, that's a really deep movie for a balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> really amazing. And again, it's. It's a matter of centimeters between all of my top three movies. This, in any other year, this would be the best movie of the year, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and, and <clears throat> Mad Max is absolutely fantastic. I'll get into more detail in a little bit. Spoiler alert, um, but yeah, you, you brought up the you know so many practical effects, and was there CGI? Yes, but the CGI was used in such a way. So there was a scene where they're zooming down, you know. This canyon in between all these mountains around them. The only thing they used the CGI for was to CGI in the the valley uh, instead of the fact that they were actually just driving around on on flat road. But like you said, they were still driving around at sixty miles an hour, jumping off cars, and doing crazy things. Um,
1: yeah.
2: So yeah, it's it's absolutely wonderful, and I will get more in detail in it in a minute.
1: What's, What's your up? number?
2: Okay, so it, it went back and forth nonstop. I mean, hey, you know, I was leaning one way, leaning the other way. Uh, in the end, it came down to one very minor but very specific detail, which I'll get to in a second. But my number two had to be The Hateful Eight. Um, like we mentioned last week, uh, it's Tarantino's newest movie. Uh, it's Tarantino being subdued subdued in a sense because like I mentioned before he's always done very stylized films you know stylized western stylized uh, World War II movies and this was a very much classic western with some great Agatha Christie whodunit uh, elements thrown in but it, it, to me it's it's his best film he's ever done uh, it's beautifully shot massively directed of course it's got the probably the best script of the year uh, I'd say tied maybe with uh, uh, with uh, jobs, because I'm a huge Sorkinite. Um, but yeah, there's, it's just gorgeous. It's so well told. Uh, of course, you got the over-the-top blood and gore, so all those gore found, gore hounds can go after that. Um, but it tells a great story, it, for being two and a half, almost three hours. More than three hours if you see the roadshow version. Again, there wasn't a moment I looked at my watch and was like, you know, what's going on? Is this almost over? Uh and honestly, as much as I think uh Alicia Vikander from Ex Machina is gonna be up there for Best Supporting Actress, uh Jennifer Jason Lee owns this movie. I mean, she's doesn't really do much aside from get slapped in the face <laughs> for the first, you know, two-thirds. But that last little couple chapters comes up and she is in charge of everything going on. Uh again, Tarantino at his best, the actors at their best, the best script of the year. Uh it's just a wonderful film, and I'm so glad that now it's finally out. People are finally able to see it, and I can finally talk about it, because I have been able to say crap about this for over a month, and it's been a very, very exciting movie to want to talk about.
1: This ended up in my in my top ten, um, but not in my top five. And, and I mentioned a, a couple of the reasons why last week. To sum up, although I'm going to walk some of it back, um, I felt that Tarantino still was being very Tarantino-y. I wanted to see more uh, done with it. I said, with great filmmaking power comes great filmmaking uh, responsibility. And I wanted to see something said that was more biting, more, more socially conscious or that moved film forward the same way I felt that he'd done with something like Pulp Fiction. Um, I'm going to walk that back a little bit because as I've had time to think about this more and more, I think that the film does have something to say about um, slavery and the giant scar that it's left uh, in our country. And the, um, someone referred to it as Tarantino's musing on America's original sin. And uh, I, I agree with that. And and so I think he's trying to do that. Um, and not everything needs to have the the social consciousness of the other movies in my top five. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Tarantino will win uh, best um, best screenplay because he won't have to compete against the Coens or Sorkin. Because they will be in the best adapted screenplay, and he'll be in best original. So exactly, think, so he'll, I, he's got his, He's got that. I think a lock set for that. I think he's got a lock on that. I think morricone has got a lock on best score. Um, I think they've probably got a lock on best cinematography. Um, I I think he could be best director too. Um, I, I mean, I this is a film. That was incredibly well directed, and he knew what he was doing. Um, I, I wish he could have simplified a bit more, but I also agree that as as I look back on it, there's not a lot that he could have actually cut. Um, I think it, it would have had to have been done earlier in the in the development and scripting process. Before it got as convoluted as it did, because he he ties a very very tangled web with these characters, and there there's not a lot of fat on that. Um, it's it's just very well done. Uh, again, if this had been any other year, this this, <laughs> this and uh, Inside Out would have been in my top five. Uh, just. There's there's too many great movies. So
2: Yeah. And, and and there are some scenes that I think could have been left out or shortened. Uh one in very particular that that just kinda of popped to mind the moment you mentioned that was the scene when they're putting the uh the trail out of the spikes and the um and the robe out to the outhouse. Yeah. And yes, I understand it showed you how furious the blizzard was, but we kinda of got that every single time the door flew open and the like a whole pile of snow came flying into the, the haberdashery. Yeah. So, again, there's some certain things that, while well, it didn't stop me from giving it a 10, because it fully deserves that, in my opinion, uh, just certain little things stood out, but nothing that marred the experience. Uh, but I, I like it when it's a bit twisty-turny and a bit complex. Uh, not that you don't. I'm just saying that's that's my kind of thing. Like I'm a huge Definitely. mystery whodunit fan. So for me, trying to figure out what was going on and who was on which side and what was really happening... Even though you, you, it's all the, you find out within a ten minute period. I mean, it's pretty obvious all of a sudden, like oh, and then kind of like they did with uh, the, the movie Clue. Here's what really happened, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and, um, and it's it's that, it, but it's great because then that's where Sam Jackson's like, let's slow it down, let's slow it way down. And <laughs> lays out exactly what's going on and explains what's been happening. and It's like this is really brilliant. Yeah, So I love that. And, uh, Sam Jackson gives the best monologue slash speech
2: to Bruce Dern that I have seen in a movie in a long time. (laughs) Uh, and it's very, very graphic and intense. So again, this isn't one to bring the kids to by any way, shape or form. Uh, but it is, I loved it. It's fantastic. It, again, it flip-flopped for my best movie of the year, but uh, it just barely didn't. I mean, it barely missed that mark. But it's fantastic, and everyone I know who's finally has going to see it has come back to like, oh my god, that was so amazing. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, go do it. So
1: yeah, just had just had two more uh, of our friends uh, go and see it in 70 millimeter in the, at the Draft House tonight.
2: Yes, and, and they got to see it with the intermission, which I did not, and I'm yeah. pissed.
1: <laughs> it's totally worth it because you need that. You need that pee break. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then one quick thing before we get to our 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 best movies of the year, uh, I did look it up,
2: and Toy Story three was nominated for best picture, and then also it won for best animated.
1: Oh, so yes, they can they can do both. They can do both. Well, that's that's good. We know that. I was I was thinking Pixar might try and have their cake and eat it too, and (laughs) let's make Inside Out the the best picture nomination. And let's get the good dinosaur nominated for best uh, for best animated. That way, they don't like split their vote. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe there's a possibility with all the Pixar voters in best animated, um, if people would vote half and half for those two, and Sean the Sheep could win, or I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I-
2: I don't. Eh, we'll see. We're, we're look. We'll but, have fun when the, when the noms come out and when the Razzies come out too. Because Andy and I are both voting members for the Razzies,
1: um, we'll have some fun time discussing that. But uh, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> so it'll be that'll be interesting. So my number one. This is no surprise. Love the Cougars. <laughs> Love the Cougars. <laughs> <No surprise. laughs> but this was actually a very hard decision for me. Um. It's Star Wars, obviously. But I had to sit myself down and think. And I said, what? Like, I love this film. I had the best time, just like you, the best time in a theater during the entire year. Is there anything critically wrong with this film where I could take it down a notch? Where. So I make sure that I'm not just giving in to the hype. And the more and more I thought about it, the less and less I could. Now, I've heard all of the criticism. Yeah,
2: unless you want to be a nitpicky sob who hates fun, uh, no, there's not much you can tear apart on this film.
1: Here's here's forty plot holes. No,
2: oh, you're friends with him too, huh? There's
1: there's <laughs> three, there's three tiny plot holes and 37 examples of you not paying enough attention. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't like this movie because it was too much like the original trilogy. Oh, really? Your problem with the Star Wars movie is that it's too much like Star Wars. Or, oh,
2: And you were the same one who was complaining when episode one came out that it wasn't enough like Star Wars. Exactly. So,
1: so You know, last week... For, for those of you who are paying attention um, in I well first of all I was lazy I'm, I was on vacation and I'm like I'm just gonna in celebration of uh, the Beatles catalog being available on all streaming uh, music w- websites I'm gonna just put on some of my favorite Beatles albums and we had about we had almost all of Abbey Road and about two thirds of A Hard Day's Night and then I ended it with Free as a Bird, which 20 years ago, that was... Was that
2: 20 years ago? 20 years ago. Oh I, my god.
1: I feel so old. Oh my gosh. 19- I remember when that came out. Yeah, 1995. 20 years ago, they put out the Beatles Anthology Volume 1. Mm-hmm. And they had that old demo of John Lennon that he'd just left sitting there, that they then turned into Free as a Bird. They went in and recorded new parts, wrote new lyrics, and when it came out the other end, nobody said, you know, the problem with this song is it sounds too much like a Beatles song. <laughs> you know, I don't like this. It, it, it uh it's just a it's just a cash grab on the part of Paul McCartney and George Harrison and Ringo Starr trying to get more money. And it, it's like there comes a point where you have to move beyond the cynicism and just say, am I going to enjoy this or am I going not to? And so that's why I included Free as a Bird because it was it was a Beatles song. It sounded like a Beatles song. This was a Star Wars movie. And yeah. it got us back to what made those films so great to begin with that myth. And even George Lucas bless his heart for, you know, (laughs) for saying like, Oh, well I don't, I don't make movies that, that I've seen before. I I make new and different movies. It's like, no, you kind of tried to make the same movies again. It's like, there's plenty that you drew upon from the original trilogy in your prequel trilogy. And I would argue that this is very much in line with it. Maybe it's ramped up a little bit more because, Hey, that's the kind of director that JJ Abrams is. You look at what he did with star Trek. That's very much the kind of, the kind of thing he was doing where he's trying to bridge the gap between the old and new. And I think that is what we got. And for all of the complaints that, well, this is exactly what I've seen before. No. No, you haven't. Because you never had a female lead. You never had a a black storm trooper who crossed to the other side mm-hmm. um, to, to join the good guys. You never had a rebel pilot like Poe Dameron. You... You never had BB-8. You had R2-D2, but BB-8 is like miles beyond where, where that was. So uh, there's so much that's different and vastly improved in this film. And that's why it's my number one. Because it took <coughs> that formula and it made it both new and was able to pay homage to the original in in a way that felt very natural and you know i don't hear people complaining when they go see a greek play that like you know i'm tired of these people all having a tragic flaw and their hubris ultimately gets them
2: and they're in love with their mothers and you I'm know i'm
1: tired of a deus ex machina at the end hello that's what you asked for. You went to go see a Greek tragedy. I don't like it when everybody dies at the end. Too bad. That's, that's what you, it's, it's a Star Wars movie. I was it, really hoping that the remake of Lane Maze would have been a bit more happy at the end. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Star Wars movie. It's one of the best Star Wars movies, and uh, I'm, I'm very pleased with it. Um, and, and so ultimately what it came down to... I like like I said, literally a matter of inches between Ex Machina, uh Mad Max Fury Road and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And here's what it came down to. Ex Machina had my heart. Or X Machina had my head.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Star Wars had my heart. And um Mad Max had my uh it had my something else.
2: <laughs> had your cojones.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you no, know, uh I'm a. Uh, you know, an amazing trifecta of films that, in my mind, are interchangeable at the number one spot. But Star Wars, just just a little tiny bit more um, because I think it both brought in what made Star Wars so great and also spoke to the here and now. Uh, so So that's why it's my number one.
2: And and like I said I almost felt bad putting this to my number four. Uh, I think I made my case for the ones that came after it, and I, I will yeah. in a second. Because yeah, like I said before, this was the this is the most fun I had the movies this year, with the exception of one other movie. It's the only one I saw multiple times. Well, two other movies that I saw multiple times in theaters, and you know, again, I'm still looking forward to going to see it again. I'm probably you know going to go see it this week, and ah. Uh, yeah, again, we talked about the memes at the beginning. There was one for the trailer and also one for when the movie came out of a guy, probably around our age, you know, older, got some gray hair, you know, he's balding, walks in the theater, and then walks out as a 10-year-old kid. And I've not had a movie experience like that. God, God I, I don't know if I've ever had that kind of movie experience where I left in such a state of just absolute wonder- and joy, and just remembering what it was like to be a kid again and be that optimistic and have just like a bright future that you were just excited for. And that, that was the feelings of the original Star Wars that it had in me when I was growing up. And, yes, you know, does it rehash a lot of plot points of New Hope? Yeah, there's some there. It does pay, again, homage to them, and some are very, very similar. But, again, it's told in a different way. It's told in a different manner. Uh, with different characters, you know, when when this was coming out, everyone was like, well, they are going to do a new cast? Are they going to be in the old cast? And what's going to happen? And they kind of did the two, but they've done a very, very good job with the exception of one character who we'll discuss in the spoiler version of passing that torch on from the last generation to the new generation to where this is about the new cast. And even though the original members are still there and they're still very, very important, have major major roles to play you know again this is this is in a sense star wars the next generation so they're they became their mentors people who are going to teach them who are going to help them and hopefully help them avoid some of the pitfalls and mistakes they made when they were younger uh but yeah it was it's it is fantastic i i almost feel bad putting this as four but i absolutely love the two so like it's it's still one of the best movies of the year, easily.
1: Yeah, well, with with the rest of your top five, it's in great company. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: so, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, my number one movie this year was Mad Max: Fury Road, uh, and again the the difference between it and Hateful Eight for being number one and two, I literally flip flopped about ten times since the last episode when we talked about you know doing this top five. I guess what came down to it though was. I went to Mad Max Fury Road, uh, and I, I ran the emotion, every single emotion I could possibly have within this movie. It was anger, it was joy, it was fear, it was rapture, it was pity, it was, you know, envy, it was hate. It was every single thing you could possibly think of is just combined into this movie so perfectly. And yes, even though it is pretty much a two-hour road, road chase, you know, the whole the whole movie is them going after Fury and Max... Um, it does it so well and there's so much character development and it's really funny because people have complained like, Oh, well, you know, this didn't happen or that didn't happen. So I got out of this movie theater and I was hanging out with some friends the night, the same night. And we literally sat on the kitchen table and talked about the movie and all the little cool story developments and plot twists and, you know, emotions that were said with a glance, not even with any, any dialogue for longer than the movie. So we sat there for literally three hours I'd say, you know, discussing that and I spent 20 minutes just talking about the warways and their religion to the V8 and why they, you know, make the symbol and then it was funny because it worked the next day this woman came in and she was I mentioned I saw it, how much I liked it and she's like, oh, I thought it was kind of boring I'm like, how did you find it boring? What? She said, well She said, there just wasn't wasn't any character development and I kind of like movies that are a bit deeper And like, but to be honest, I did kind of fall asleep I was like, "Well, I don't." In all, in all, in all honesty, I don't know how you could possibly fall asleep in that movie. Uh, we went and saw it, and in the scene with like the, the the huge dust storm with tornadoes, Eddie almost had a seizure because it was that intense. And she's like, "Well, yeah, I just I didn't think there was any undertones or um, I just yeah whatever." And so I then spent the next ten minutes summing up our thirty minute discussion just on the War Boys and their religion of the V eight. And at the end of it all, her mouth just dropped, and she's like, what, Did you read the book? I'm like, No, there's no book. They're just the movie. And she's like, You got that from the movie? I'm like, Yeah, there was so much subtext there and this and that. And, you know, I'd never seen the original Mad Max movie. That's, you know, you know confession time here. I've only seen this one. I own the other ones, and I'm going to go back and watch them. Uh, so I kind of went in without the rose tinted glasses of nostalgia for what came before. Uh, but she's like, Oh, wow. She's like, I need to go see that again. Like, that's. That's amazing! I can't believe I didn't notice that, but it's it's so well it's 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 a movie that stuck with me. So like, I couldn't sleep that night. I went home, lay lay down in bed, tried to go to sleep, and I kept on thinking about the movie. And I went to work very very tired the next day. Uh, you know, I went and saw it again the next day, and again the next day, and every single time I saw it, I saw new things, new character development popped up. the The persona of Furiosa and Max, um, and especially Nux, like you mentioned who I didn't even know was Nicholas Holt until three quarters of the way through the movie. I was like, oh, that's who that is. That's the kid from uh, Skins and from uh, (laughs) X-Men. The fact that he was, he did such a great job acting and was so one with the character and the makeup was so good and the practical effects were so amazing. Uh, Cinematography, the best I've seen all year. I'd be very, very surprised if it doesn't win best cinematography. Um, There just, there wasn't anything I would do differently. And every single time I see it, i I get something new out of it. And yes, this is a dystopian future for us, which I know dystopian movies are very, very popular, but this is realistic in the sense that, you know, we fought over oil. You know, when oil runs out, what happens? We're going to fight over the water, because the water's going to get poisoned, it's going to run out, and, you know, there's there's many paths humanity can take, and I would hope we would not choose this path, because this is the worst of them, but who's not to say in 100 years from now that, you know, our great great grandkids kids aren't going to be Max and Furiosa fighting for their lives. I mean, hopefully not, but we don't know. Uh, again, it's a perfect movie. George Miller came back, showed us that even though we've been emulating him for 30 years, he had new tricks up his sleeve. Uh, everyone was 100% involved, 100% invested in their characters. Yeah, it's it's magnificent. It's the best film of the year.
1: Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. I, I certainly hope our children don't end up our, our great-grandchildren don't end up in a Mad Max world. Hopefully if they learn to treat the artificial intelligence as okay <laughs> then we can live in, in harmony and not poison our land and our water and end up with <laughs> catastrophic climate change and we can all uh, we can all live happily ever after in in something more like the Star Wars universe or the Inside Out universe. Yes. So, so, yeah.
2: But there you go. That's our, our top five of the year. Uh, I know you know, we mentioned a couple of movies. Uh, Steve Jobs would have been in my top ten. Uh, just, I mean, Jobs just for the, the acting and the, the script alone. Uh, you mentioned some other ones. But honestly, as many stickers as we had this year, because I mean, there were some ones like last week we really dove into and yelled at, this was a fantastic year. I mean, it was one of the best movies years for sci-fi, one of the best years for spy movies. Um, animation took a new turn. Uh, it, was a, it was a good time to be going out there and seeing well over a hundred movies and then writing about them. So yeah.
1: yeah. Amazing. And, uh, the, the only other ones that w- in my top 10 that we haven't name checked are the Martian and the big short. So,
2: and, and the Martian was my number six. Actually, the Martian was right there. Yeah. Uh, absolutely loved it. I, I'm excited to see what they can, you know, where it's going to go. But yeah, that was, that was just again, this, this close and you can't see this cause it's a podcast, but I'm holding my fingers up really small. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There were just, there were so many that were that close and, you know, you had, you had to make a choice and, yep. you know, so I'd leave them behind. But again, everyone, uh, thank you very much. You know, it's Andy and I, we've only been doing this for, well, almost, almost a year now. We have a couple months to go. Um, yep. we have a lot of fun doing this. Thank you very much for listening, especially those who, uh, interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we do this because we have a passion for movies and we hope you enjoy what we have to say. Uh, we welcome feedback. If you guys get a second, we would love for you to leave some reviews for us on iTunes. That uh, it would definitely help us, um, one, know what we're doing well and also find out what we could do better. Uh, but again, thank you, everyone who tunes in and who lets us know um, what you're liking we're doing. Uh, and again, Happy New Year. And we'll be back uh, with our Star Wars episode. And then we'll squeak in the Revenant uh, sometime, hopefully, in the next week or so. Hail, Satan, and have a lovely afternoon.
0: Another confession to me